years ago, many, many years ago, we had, early in my ministry, we had ministry rotation. So Sunday nights was always the ministers on the platform who would alternate and preach on those Sunday nights. And there was a time, now this is going to sound very vain, but they loved when I was preaching. Oh, no, not because of what you think. Because I was super short. <laughs> Folks that wouldn't come to night service came to night service. <laughs> I wish that, Sister Angie, is she in here? She didn't, huh? Oh, Brother Bright, yeah, I forgot. He was part of that group. Yeah, he's like, yeah, about a second. Good, 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 we're good. <laughs> Everything's good, buddy. We're going to be out of here in 15 minutes. Nothing much has changed except I forgot how to tell time. <laughs> Quickly, I'm not going to hold you on your feet very long. You know how that can be. Um, but to touch on a couple of points real quick, real quick. The Bible says there's a generation that knoweth not God. And it, this is just to deal with what already has happened. We blame that generation. And that's the mistake. It's not, their mis it's not their responsibility that we did not do everything that we could do or they could do then. And so that's not what we're going to do. We're going to work. We're going to sow. We're going to toil. Amen. Because if we don't, their blood will be on our hands. Do y'all believe that? Amen. So now y'all can feel like it used to be back in Versailles, Kentucky. You can be seated. And you can rest yourself and say, we're going to get out of here in just a minute. Y'all believe that, right? Hey, I got a couple of amens, a couple of I hope so's, and amen. <laughs> and a few, I don't know what he's talking about. In the book of Acts, the 8th chapter, verse 26, it reads pretty much like this in just a minute. I want to stop. I have to digress just for a minute and say, man, I am so blessed, so blessed to have such powerful men of God in my life. Amen. Such powerful men of God. It makes life so easy when you know that you have people fighting in the fight with you. I'm telling you. And when they can preach and then you can just sit there and go, wow. Amen. And, I, and I'm like that a lot of times. I'm like that a lot of times. I look and I listen to the men to my left, to your right, when they're preaching. My bishop is phenomenal. Amen. And then the other ministers, when they preach, and I'm just like, now how did they get that? But I'm, I'm grateful. Y'all don't know how. It, it's, it's a good thing to know that everything is solid. It's solid. It's knitted together. And that makes me excited. So even when we talk about things like this that's going on with the kids department here, it's not a selfish mode. It's like, hey, we're going to share this with everybody. We're going to make sure every child in the city of Louisville, in the Louisville, in, in the Kentucky Anna area, everywhere we touch, are going to be blessed. That means something. 
That means something. Amen. All right, I'm sorry. Acts, the eighth chapter, verse 26 says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Remember that. Don't forget that. It's where? Very good. You got that. You lock it into your long-term memory. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of the great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasures. He kept all her belongings. And had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in the chariot. He read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near. And join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? In other words, I see you reading something that I know you're not familiar with. But yet you're still trying to grab hold to it. That's a level of hunger and thirst that most people don't understand. When you just have a word and you just something is drawing you to it. But you're reading it with no understanding. Zero understanding. You're just, but you're just saying this is something important. Amen. And so you're blessed to have church. You're blessed to have mighty men of God in your life and preachers and, and teachers and, and Sunday school teachers and all those good things. You have that in your life to help you to gain an understanding. But this man here was foreign to it. The word was foreign to him, but he had got hold to it. And was reading it, and Philip was sent there, and he adjoined himself to him. And he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? How am I going to get it? Uh, I, that would take me to where, uh, how shall they hear? Except there's what? Thank you. A preacher. And how can he preach except he be? Y'all get this. Faith cometh by what? And hearing by? Amen. So he was saying the same thing. He said, how can I do this if no one is there to guide me? And he said, desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Say, come up, sit with him. This will make sense in a little while. Just stay with me. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearers, so open he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth? And the Bible says, and the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man? Can you imagine Philip's mind, uh, the, the, the glow that began to boil on his face? Can you just imagine, who did you say? Uh, you want to know who the scripture is talking about. And, and Philip, I, can, I don't know how he could hold it. He'd be like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, I got to tell you now. You understand? You ever been to that place where you're witnessing to somebody, you're talking to them, and a light bulb clicks on, and they say, wait, well, can, tell me some more. Huh? You might have been talking to them for years and they didn't hear you, but all of a sudden, 
bam, it hits. And you're like, ha, I've been waiting for this moment a long time. <laughs> and so Philip, here he is. Philip is here in a place where he's able to talk to him and give him understanding. And he says, Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him. Jesus went back to the Old Testament and showed him what you were reading about was not about the prophet. It was not about the prophets to come. It was about Jesus. Amen. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doeth hinder me to be baptized? Now, there's something lost in the scripture. I, I hear him talking about he preached Jesus. But somehow or another, when you begin to preach Jesus, you can't leave out the death, the burial, and the resurrection. You can't leave out the application. And so somewhere, even though we don't read it, we know the end result. I don't have to hear the Bible study to know that when he preached Jesus, <laughs> he said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then you say, hey, wait a minute, baby, there's some water you done told me about it. You get what you preach. You get what you preach. And so here we find that Philip said, if you believeth with thy heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, watch this, I believe. One Bible study, one Bible study. I believe you don't don't you dare don't you dare think that that Bible study doesn't do something one Bible study can change the trajectory of a life one Bible study with an unqualified individual <laughs> I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. Stop. Don't move another inch. We're at the water. And they went down both into the water. Now listen to me. They didn't sprinkle. They were in the water. Uh, I know. Both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. Now, please understand, please don't miss this. He went down in the water, came up, the baptizer was gone, the baptizee did not come out the same way he went in. The Bible says he went rejoicing. 
what I didn't know a few minutes ago, now I know without a shadow of doubt. The old man has passed away and behold, all things have become new. Uh, And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord called Philip away. But Philip was found as Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Now, now we like reading those kind of stories because they're exciting. They encourage us to know things. But there were some parts in here that we often glance over. We miss some of the concept. We miss some of the culture. We miss some of the things that are going on. First of all, Philip was directed to take a route by the angel that was not the route that he wanted to take. Philip was sent the long way to go where, come on now, he was headed to. And when he was going, he did not go away where it was much traveled. In other words, he went through the desert. Remember, I told you to remember that. I'm going to send you to a deserted, desert, hot place. A place where you're not going to see many people because it's out of the way. But I need you to go there. Philip did not argue. He did not go off. He just went along his way. And then when he got there, he found a eunuch. Are y'all paying attention? A, a eunuch of, uh, of Ethiopian uh, descent and uh, uh, obviously a man of power to some sort. He had in, been entrusted with the treasures of the queen of Ethiopia. So while in the desert, the road that he was most likely not to find anybody on, if you really are trying to find somebody to witness to, you don't go to places where they're not at. And you have to ask God, why are you sending me over there where nobody's at? Because God will take you to a place to find one person. He'll change your entire itinerary. He will cancel your flight just so you can sit on a little puddle jumper somewhere that somebody on that plane has the word of God and can't understand it. And so he gets here. And now God is telling him to do something that his Jewish heritage didn't allow. Oh, y'all think I'm making it up, huh? Come on, just think so Deuteronomy, the 23rd, just so you'll understand. Because if you don't understand what a eunuch is, a eunuch is a man that was either born deformed or was forcibly deformed. You understand me? I know our adults get it, and kids, y'all can look it up, talk to mom and daddy after church. <laughs> and so Deuteronomy 23 in 1 says, He that is wounded in the stones. 
I like that. Sounds a lot better. Or have his privy member cut off. Shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. This is a man who had no hope. So you're taking me to a desert place to find a man who has no hope. This ain't right. I want to witness to the people like me. I want to talk to the people that gonna that already have a little sense. I don't want to talk to the broken, busted, disgusted. I don't want to talk to the addict. I give me somebody that's like me. And this doesn't necessarily apply, but it may later. And verse 2 says, a bastard shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to his 10th generation shall he not enter into the congregation of the Lord. And so if daddy wasn't married to mama, he didn't have a right to come in. And so a lot of times we look at things and we talk about things, but we don't understand the dilemma of hopelessness that people have. And because the church looks down its long nose and, uh, and, and looks at people and say, you don't qualify because you are less than what I am. We find ourselves in a dilemma of not winning who God wants us to win. Years ago, when I had a little color in my hair, I preached a message called Wet Wood. And what I was talking about is we spend all our time fanning wet wood, trying to get it caught on fire, and hearing some kindling, screaming, help me, deliver me, I need you, but I don't have time for you because I, I like them, I want them, I want them to say, but God said, stop fanning the wet wood. And so today I'm going to talk to you from the topic, <laughs> give me a chance. Give me a chance. Because there are people out here that are begging and pleading and asking, where are you? Where are you? God, I've been praying. Nobody's coming by because the church is saying, God said, turn left. You say, no, 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 I'm going right because this is the way I want to go. But sometimes the inconvenience of what God is calling us to causes us to miss out on the greatest blessing. Oh, there's a Cornelius waiting on you, but you miss him because you're too busy trying to find who you want to be saved. I witness to my family, but if my, my natural family, I witness to them and I pray for them, but if they never want to come, there's somebody else. God saved my family, but all while I'm on this journey, wherever you take me, that's where I'm going. There are people that need a chance. I, I had this in my spirit all day, and I was, was going to let, and BK just acted out this morning. I just want to tell you, 
And I said, please don't talk about the, 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 the eunuch. He was, he was all in stuff. And I was like, please, you're, you're hitting everybody else. Please don't talk about it. <laughs> don't steal my thunder. <laughs> but he hit on another part, the woman with the issue of blood. Because we like the story. Because she got hit. But we forget that she crawled through the dung and urine infested streets to get somewhere that she should not have been. She was about to curse the very man that she was reaching out to. Y'all said, no, that's not true. That's not true. Leviticus 15, 19. They don't have all this. You're going to have to write it down yourself. And if a woman have an issue and her issue in her flesh be blood, she shall be put apart seven days. Now, hers obviously was continuous, so she should have been on an island by herself. But here's the caveat. And whosoever toucheth her shall be unclean until the evening. But something happened when she reached up. What she should have been cursing blessed her. Because all she was saying is, give me a chance. I don't belong here. I don't deserve it. Give me a chance. And so I'm going to try to get through this story. I, I always fail at this, but I won't today, I pray. And those of you that heard my story that I tell, act like it's brand new. <laughs> I need y'all to do that. Amen. Have y'all heard my story? Are you telling the truth? Okay. Many, 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 many moons ago. <laughs> in a land far, far, far away. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> in a little town, about an hour outside of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, there sits a little town called Camden. Camden, nothing exciting. County is Kershaw County. In that county, many, many moons ago, there was a child born by the name of Robert Shelton III. Y'all know him? Never heard of him? Good. None of you have. I, Robbie, if you're hearing, don't. And so Robert Shelton III was born on the DuPont horse farm. He didn't go to hospital. I mean, he wasn't born in a hospital, born on a horse farm. Isn't it beautiful? After about a year and a half years old, Robbie was dropped off on the porch of an orphanage. Wow. 
and his baby sister both were dropped off. And from there, they were in an orphanage. That's if you get dropped off there, guess what? You're there. From there, about three years of age, Robbie was adopted and raised up in a decent home. Robbie had a decent home because he was adopted. Somebody gave him two chances, actually three. I say this because sometimes we miss the minutia. He wasn't aborted. He was given up so he could have a chance at a better life. And somebody wanted this little unwanted child. Do you hear what I'm saying? No, your neighbor said, give me a chance. And so from there, he grew up and ran into somebody who was talking about Jesus. Guess what Robbie did? Don't talk to me about Jesus. Didn't want to hear about him. Later on down through life, the same sister who was put up for adoption with him found an apostolic church somewhere. And from that point, she was baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost. What do you think she did? Told her brother. Y'all telling your brother and sisters now? Told her brother, that's a chance. Guess what Robbie did? Had nothing to do with it. Leave me alone. Don't call me. I'm cool. Later on, story's getting long, right? <laughs> Later on, as time began to go, there came a moment in Robbie's life that something clicked. Something, I, I, it would take him to explain it to you. Something clicked, a light came on. And that same sister had been praying for him. And he says, can you tell me about Jesus? Now, I did not want to hear it all that, y'all hear me? Did not want to hear it all that time. Unqualified, uncool, he was wild, on the wrong track, doing everything that he was big enough to do and more, in the clubs at 14, 15 years old. Amen. Out there doing what he was doing. And so, all of a sudden, that click came on. And he said, tell me about Jesus. And she began to preach to him, much like Philip. She began to preach Jesus to him. And before he left, watch this, before he left from that Bible study, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Because somebody says, I'm not going to quit until... You're not hearing what I'm trying to put down in this place. I'm going to keep bothering them and bothering and bothering and bothering and pushing and prodding and bothering. Uh-huh. And so then he 
had half of the equation, but hadn't been baptized. So then Sunday comes, going to church, and goes to church and sits on the back row because, you know, that's where we sit because we don't want to be bothered. I got the Holy Ghost, but I'm still shy. Oh, did I say I? Because somewhere around that third year, his name was changed to Keith Jackson. I'm not telling you a story that I don't know. I'm telling you that somebody gave me a chance. Somebody loved me enough. And so how dare I keep this to my... I made it through without crying, Brother Stacy. How in the world can I keep this to myself? So there are people on you don't even know that are sitting next to you walking down. Oh, oh yes, yes. I cried like a baby Sunday night during uh, the pack the house. Why? Because I saw me. I saw the videos and I said, that was me. Lost, messed up, tore up, not worth nothing, didn't qualify. Unwanted, unneeded, and unnecessary. But somewhere, somebody said, Do you know how many mountains God had to move to get me from a horse park to an altar? Do you know how many chest moves it took? It's cute now. But in the 60s, being a mixed baby wasn't popular. Being a mixed baby that didn't get the color was even worse. At least give me a tan, somebody, my God. So I was too white to be black and too black to be white. My family in the hills uh, didn't want me. My birth father didn't want me. So I was a bastard, I told you. So I didn't qualify. There was nothing in me that qualified. But God, God saw fit to bring me up in the right place at the right time. So here I stand because somebody gave me a chance. So I'm telling you, don't you dare count anybody out. I don't care how high they are. I don't care how drunk they are. I don't care how wasted they are. I don't care how much of a weight they seem to be. God will move a mountain. He'll tear down a city just to find one. So when you're thinking that it don't matter, when you're thinking that your little two-minute Bible study doesn't matter, yeah. 
There were seeds being planted. I just never recognized them until now. Until after I got saved. I didn't know. I just thought. I was given up. I was thrown away. But I was blessed to be picked up. True story. My name was Robert Shelton at birth. And the man that I was named after was a murderer. So God didn't only change. <laughs> he changed my destiny by changing my name. You don't understand. Everything. And that wasn't my daddy. I was named after the newest boo. And so when you see me and I'm smiling and I'm jovial and I'm uh, down within, I'm humble. I'm grateful. I am. So, you don't understand, God, you didn't have to do it. When you, you know, some people just say that and it's just, no, 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 I know, you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to take the cocaine out of my life. You didn't have to take the marijuana out of my life. You didn't have to take all the bad relationships out of my life. You didn't have to bring me out of the streets from running in the streets and ganging and, and acting a fool. You didn't have to do any of those things. I know I don't look like it now, baby. But I'm just, I want you to understand, this book is a lot deeper than you'll ever realize. But the greatest thing of all is the old man is gone. I don't look back. I don't want what was back there no more. I'm grateful. I thank my birth mother. I'm not angry. I think I talk to her every now and then. I, I'm, I'm grateful because she gave me up to give me a chance. I'm grateful for my mother who raised me and my father who raised me and my grandparents who took me in. I didn't look like the family. But they took me in and they loved me. And my mother said that adopted thing to you. She says, you weren't born in my womb or my belly, but you were born in my heart. If I tear up, I can't help it. And because of all those things, I ended up going to the same school with my sister who was adopted in another family. Going to the same secular church with her. And then I moved away. And she found me in California and bugged the snot out of me. And I came home for a vacation. And that was that moment that I woke up in an awkward position, in a bad place. Not hungover, but just in a place of why. And I gave her a call. I tell people this story all the time. I still smell the Lysol from that tile floor in her project apartment where I laid prostate on the floor and got filled with the Holy Ghost. I still remember that little church house in Versailles, Kentucky, in Russelltown. I still remember that little church. I still remember the music playing. I still remember going down in the water. Now, I will tell you this. I don't remember coming up. Something happened. I, I was filled then, but something. And from there, 
I've got four children baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost. I got six grandbabies that love church. Come on, I'm trying to tell you something. God has blessed me to be surrounded with a family of people who love unconditionally. I'm here to tell you, thank you for giving me a chance. Thank you. So we don't do church. We don't do church. It's not about the numbers. It's not about behinds and pews. It's about increasing the kingdom of God. It's about tearing down hell and bringing everybody out. It's about reaching those that nobody else wants. Do you understand? We do these big services to help us understand what we can do when we try. Who we can reach when we try. Every service is a big service. Every service is a pack your house, pack the house service. Every service is a friend and family service. Every service. Every service. Now I shared a whole lot. Now you know my story. What I'll tell you. But my question to you is how many more me are out there? How many more of me? How many more of you are out there? True fact, the club that I always was in was literally around the corner from the church I got saved. True fact. Where I would pass the church to go to the club. You understand? I don't know how many prayer meetings they, they were praying for the people driving by. I don't know. But I know somehow or another I ended up there. How many Martellus are out there? How many? How many? I'm just picking up people I know. How many of the Mises, Brights, are out there? Well, the same place you were brought up is where I got saved. You see? So how many? Brother Gary, how many are like what you were? How many? So what we do from this point forward is not about the formalities of church. It's not about how short I am so you can get out of here early. Because my message was not to entertain you, but to remind you that we only have a set amount of time to reach who we can reach. Time moves swiftly. It's the only commodity that we can't make up. We can't renew it. So there are those. How many are in your school that are thinking about getting out? How many are thinking about joining a gang? How many? When really all they're begging for is with somebody, 
just give me a chance. The eunuch couldn't understand what he was reading, but it enticed him. Who is this writer writing about? There are people out there with holes in their heart who are asking, where can I find the solution? Where can I find the ointment? Where can I find the healer of my pain? Where can I find some value? But we walk by. And we forget about talking to them because we're busy doing what we want to do. So I challenge us today. I challenge us. To do everything we can to get these babies saved. To keep them in church. To bring up a generation. Not of just church folk. But soul winners. I challenge you to keep reaching and keep knocking. Because you don't know when that moment is. When the light clicks, like it did for me. And when it went on, guess what? It has never gone off. It has never gone off. It is, God has been so good. It has never gone off. It's ne never, ever. And I thank him for that. Not because I'm special, but because he loves me beyond my faults. Amen. So today, I ask you to recommit to doing the things that are important for God and pray. That's altar call. Pray. Come. Come with someone on your mind. Before you put your petition about what you want and what you need. Come with your petition asking God, what do I need to do? How do I reach them, God? Help me to step into places that are inconvenient for me that I can reach the ones that you are trying to send me to. There may be somebody in this house right now that's feeling less than, feeling like you're forgotten. Feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders. Like unwanted, unneeded, and unnecessary. But I want to introduce you to a man by the name of Jesus who wants you to know that you're the apple of his eye. He moved mountains to get you in this service tonight. He brought you through storms and hard times to get you to this place tonight. Sometimes you were rejected just so God could orchestrate a move 
So just give me a chance.